Hello, Victoria. Nice to see you. How are you? Hi, Ben. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, living the dream, as they say. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for making the time to come on to the podcast. I know we've just had a brief chat before coming on, but I know and I see every day exactly how busy you are. So the fact that you've taken an hour or so out your morning to come on and have a chat with me, it means a lot, mate. So thanks for making the time. It's more than welcome. I was uh, a bit flattered when you asked me, in all honesty. So um, I, was, I was dying to jump on. It would be great to do this with you. Well, this podcast is all about celebrating high performance in property and you're someone who's definitely working at a high level. So it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. And on that Thank note, you. Victoria, one thing that I wanted to kick the podcast off with is I was having a little look through your website and I was looking at a few details and whatnot, kind of in preparation for this podcast. Not that I'm overly prepared with anything in life, but this is the extent of my research. Okay. And I picked up a little sentence on there and it says, to be successful, you have to have your heart in your business and your business in your heart. So I'm really keen to ask, where did that come from? Is that something that you came up with? It sounds quite profound. Have you stole that from someone else? Like, where's that from? Do you know what? It was a little while ago that I obviously created my website. So I'm not going to promise it was all from me, but it, it just resonated with me. So obviously I came from a corporate background and I just felt that there was only so much of my heart that I could put into the, my business, my area of the business, because I was so governed by the bees above. Um, so literally starting my business, it my, it has my heart. Like I, I put everything into it and I'm getting everything back from it. Like I'm just loving the journey at the moment. So it's a, just a saying that resonates with me. Maybe I did see it somewhere, but it kind of just struck a chord with me and it's it, it felt very true to me at the time. So it's definitely how I feel about my business. It's a completely different experience in it. Like not not that you're not working your hardest and trying to do right by your employers when it is that you're working for somebody else, but it's difficult to explain to anyone who's not taking the transition and set up their own business or their own estate agency in this case. You almost, I don't know, it becomes your baby, doesn't it? In oh, a way. 100%. Yeah, yeah. like really bizarre <laughs> attachment with it. And it's kind yeah. of like you've got this like sentiment, this obligation to invest yourself into it, which is a, uh, might sound crazy to anyone who's employed, but I completely understand I where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, b- before we start breaking down where you're at now and, and sort of your business stands with Tori, you mentioned you came from the corporate world. So just for the benefit of anybody that maybe isn't familiar with who you are and what you do and what you did before coming into VX, could you just give us a little snapshot as to what your background looks like? Yeah, so a bit of a colourful background, really. So pre-estate agency, I was in the kind of the matching world, right? where, where I now match people with properties. I kind of, I match people with people. So I worked for a big like matchmaking company in the, in the dating world for nearly 10 years. And I absolutely loved the journey. And it was, it was that kind of connection with people. But I, I always had a draw to properties for myself. Um, so I kind of got into the estate agency world with a big corporate high street brand and I'd never done it before. And I started in the lettings department and very quickly within about 12 months, the sales department that we shared the office with was like, you need to come over to our side. So I kind of dipped my toe a bit and I just got hooked. Um, I was hooked with the properties that we went out to, the team, the the ethos, the, the drive, the passion for delivering that service. So I was the valuer in the office. Although in your corporate world, you get mixed, you get you do a bit of like progressions, you do a bit of negotiating. But after nearly 10 years in the, in the corporate world, the, the red tape got a bit, the micromanagement got a bit to me. And I started looking at um, 
other people doing this self-employed model. And I watched and I watched and I watched and it just wasn't going away. And it was just something that I had to dip my toe into. And like I say, I've not looked back once. It's just been fantastic. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> so many questions, so many questions. But I've got to start with the whole thing around the matchmaking. So my 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 knowledge, my limited knowledge when it comes to matchmaking is what mm-hmm. I've seen on the Undateables. Have you ever watched the Undateables? That which ben, is just like... <laughs> it's funny you should ask me that because I was on the Undateables on series one as the agent that was trying to match these people. No way. Yeah. No and, way. <laughs> so then when it launched on Netflix only a couple of months ago, it all came out of the woodwork and everyone's like, you're on Netflix, you're on Netflix. But it was, yeah, so the agent that we worked for was quite a high-end agency. So Channel 4 approached us and said, this is what we're planning on doing as a programme. Would you get involved? We jumped at the chance. So, yeah, so I interviewed a lovely guy over in rugby and matched him up with a lady and... It was an experience. It was brilliant. It was really nice. <laughs> Mate, that is absolutely incredible. Because <laughs> that go is that find it. <laughs> yeah, I'm too right I am. As soon as this podcast ends, I'm getting straight on Netflix. Don't you worry about that. I'll just give me an excuse to, to reach for a tub of ice cream and um, a bottle of Coke and I'll just sit in front of the TV for the rest of the day. But uh, mate, it's the most heartwarming programme ever. Like so many yeah. just nice, genuine people on there. So I bet that was an absolute pleasure. It was. To be it was it, yeah, it was definitely just meeting so many wonderful people and you know they're all out there to find love who isn't and it was just it was just wonderful to be a part of some of their journeys oh amazing well one thing that I always like to ask and I don't always ask but I always wonder when I see like high performers you was obviously working in I say a completely unrelated industry I guess it wasn't that you wasn't dealing with properties but definitely parallels yeah what drew you into property did you kind of just think right I'm ready for a new challenge this looks like something different I'm going to go into this and you kind of failed forward with it or did you just think actually I can see a real viable career path working as an estate agent how did the transition go from dealing with all those wonderful people on channel four to suddenly finding yourself in a corporate office like how did um a couple of things really I think I got to the point in the matchmaking world with people that I'd kind of there wasn't anything more I could do for my career as much as I loved doing that and dealing with them and finding them love it 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 became the same job just with different people so there was as a progression for a career it was kind of I couldn't really take that anywhere and at the time, I also was having my first child. So I was pregnant. I was kind of looking into um, the future. And I thought, right, I need to kind of find something um, that kind of mirrors what I'm doing. So in my head, it was either recruitment or a state agency because it's that matching process with the people that I love. Um, so randomly, I just started kind of putting my CV out and this job popped up in the corporate world of the estate agent. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I'll give it a go. And here I am 10 years later. Amazing. And <laughs> what, um, what was it that first kind of piqued your interest in business ownership? Like, is that something, was that, was that like an itch that you've needed to scratch for a while? Or was that just something that got sprung up on you and you thought, I'm just going to give it a go. Like how much planning or, how um what's the word I'm looking for how spontaneous was that decision not very so um I kind of my sister and her husband has run businesses and I've always kind of admired them and saw how successful they were but never really thought it was something possible for me to do um I was I'm a single parent and I just needed the security of employment but 
I started following a couple of people that I know from the corporate world that joined DXP and it took me a little while following them um, and realizing how big EXP was because I, until I knew someone that had done it, I didn't realize anything about them. So I started following their journey. And actually, I reached out to Adam Day 12 months before I actually took the plunge. And we had some conversations all the way through that year. And I think the reasons I didn't do it was the worries of the financial stability. Am I brave enough to make the step? Can I make it work? Um, obviously, I had a lot riding on it. Um, you know, when I've got no other income to fall back on, it was, I think that was the reason that it took me so long. But I just got to a point a couple of years before I did it, there was a few life events that made me reevaluate things. And, you know, no one's promised a tomorrow. And I just thought, if I don't give it a go, like, what's the worst that can happen? I'll just fall back into employment. So I took the plunge. And I hit the market, obviously, the back end of 2021 going into the next year was phenomenal for the, the selling market. So really, the timing that I took to think about, I think, paid, paved the way for my business because I joined as such an incremental part where the market was. It, it kind of helped build my business. So looking back over the last 14 months, it's... Um, it was the best decision at the time that I made. I think had I made it any sooner, it might have been a slightly different story. I'm sure it would have been a good one still, but when I look back, it's been a phenomenal journey. Well, I think, I know this sounds like something that someone with a beard would say, but I genuinely do think that things happen when they're supposed to and everything genuinely does happen for a reason. And sometimes plan uh, life's got plans for us that we've not even got for ourselves. So who knows what yeah. could have happened if you started sooner, whether that would have been an amazing thing to do or may maybe that would have been a mistake. But you're here now where you are with the success that you've experienced. Um, yeah. So I guess we wouldn't change a thing. Um, with one thing that I'm curious to know, if I was to ask like a really close friend or a family member, somebody that knows you really, 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 really well, is this something Victoria would do? Are you the stereotype of an entrepreneur? Are you the person that would be getting up and setting up a business or is that completely against the grain of what people would typically <laughs> expect from you? You know, I'm a bit of a, I think I'm a bit of a safe bet and I like my comfort zone. So everyone right. would be like, wow, like wouldn't have expected it. So no, it's not something that, I would naturally do. I'm very, I suppose I'm very sensible in that respect, but I just, I like to be comfortable. Um, not quite sure what happened and I put myself out of that comfort zone. So in answer to your question, no, it's, it's, it was a little bit outside of the norm for me. Um, but the support that I'm talking about friends and family, the support that you get from friends and family, when you do take on this adventure and this, this new role, it's it that's been incremental, I think, you know, because it's it's hard work, it's tough. Um, but yeah, no regrets at all. Amazing. And are you working now, Victoria? So what, what I'm keen to kind of pick up on is I know that coming to your second year, and aren't you two years you've been yeah. the XP, right? Yeah, second year so, now. Yeah, so you you're by no means in that um hustle and bustle of the immediate startup where you know you, you're kind of fighting for every instruction and you're trying to find your feet and you're trying to work things out over the first two three four months you've kind of come out of that phase yeah. but I'm keen to revisit that phase and work out what that was like for you because everyone's experience is different I think depending on you know how well known you are in your community maybe how long you've worked the postcodes that you're planning on setting up in how well connected you are with past clients friends family members sometimes people come out the trap swinging sometimes it takes a little bit longer for those pieces to fall into place what was that startup period 
like for you? Um, it was good, actually. Obviously, I kind of, you know, you, got, you get a lot of knowledge and kind of instruction from EXP of how to, the best way to approach when you're starting out. So I kind of followed the process, but very quickly I realised that my face was known in Redditch where predominantly I kind of do my business um, because I've done estate agent for so long. So it wasn't as if I wasn't known for what I do. Um, friends and family, you know, just kind of reaching out to them for, for sharing leaflet drops. Like I braked in friends and family, my teenage son, like we just Brilliant. pounded the street. <laughs> yeah, like pounding the streets. I mean, I'm getting the steps and it was ridiculous. It was, it was great for my fitness and for my business, but um, yeah, so very quickly, um, and luckily I kind of started generating business. Um, and strangely enough, unbeknown to me, when I worked for the corporate world, I sold a house to a lady who actually worked for a um, new homes development. Um, and I didn't realize at the time. And then when I launched my own business, she actually reached out to me saying, look, you won't remember me, but you sold me this house and you were so personal and so lovely and the transaction was great. Um, and that kind of then led me onto a path of working, being a referral agent for the new build company, purely from something I did back in the corporate world. Um, and that's really, that's really boosted my business. So I, I work very closely with the new new developer, um, Partex is kind of, and it's taken me outside of my little area of where I work. So kind of an hour radius from my home address is kind of where I kind of try and stick to. But it's 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 got it's got my name into areas that I necessarily probably wouldn't have, have kind of gone to. So lots of different reasons, but yeah, kind of I think it's all stemmed from me just being me doing my job previously. That's what's kind of helped me now in my business. Yeah, it, it, we underestimate that a lot because you start yeah. thinking about lead generation. It's like banging doors, fancy videos on social media, doing your touting and whatnot. But there's no, um, there's no, there's no, there's no better USP than yourself, right? There's no better True. magnet for that business than than past yeah. clients by people having a positive experience and speaking highly of you, coming back for repeat yeah. business, recommending you to everyone in the local coffee shop. So that's <laughs> incredible. And I think probably testimony to, to your ability as an agent and, and who you are as a person. Um, was there a plan? Was there a, I know that obviously you plugged into EXP, you attend the training, you know, you looked at the strategies and the advice that's given internally to agents that onboard, but did you have a plan in terms of, these are my targets, this is what I want to hit, or this is how much money I need to make, or was you more of a, look, I'm just going to try my best, yeah. see where the pieces fall, and let's just see what happens. What was yeah. your mindset around around planning? Um, yeah, pretty much the second option there, Ben. It was... I'm not I'm not really a numbers girl. I've always said I'm not a, I'm not a salesy person. I don't work on numbers like which is ridiculous in this job because there's so many numbers that you're flying around. But for me it was just at the beginning getting my name out there and then ev everything has come naturally. Um obviously when numbers start coming in and and properties start kind of exchanging and things like you start to look at your numbers a bit better because you kind of want to always better what you've done. So obviously going into year 2 now I've probably got a bit more of a mindset on running a business as opposed to selling houses for people. So um, obviously they come hand in hand, but I've become more business orientated going into my second year because I have more of an understanding of it. Whereas previously I'd never run a business. I'd never dreamed that I could run a business. Um, so it was simply just get my name out there and, and do what I know how to do. Um, and that was it. There was no plan. There was no strategy. Um, it's just quite organically grown the way it's gone. So I haven't really had to change anything because 
I have been very fortunate that I've, I've maintained a busy, a busy business. In terms of your actual lead generation, then, and I know that you had an absolute touch with you know that lady coming back to you, and that's really helped put some momentum into sort of the uh, the sales of your business. I guess. Have you done anything else that you found worked particularly well in terms of opening up those conversations and generating? valuations effectively i know you mentioned that you wrote friends and family in to do flyering so has flyering been fundamental for you has it been 90 percent referral and recommendation and you've just kind of continued on that path are you banging yeah. doors are you sending letters like how's how have we got to where we are because you've had a phenomenal first year to say that you came from a standing start yeah it's been it's been great really and it's been a, a bit of a mixture i think the probably the biggest uh part of generating business has been recommendations um i will always go above and beyond and i'm sure all exp agents do because it's it's your face on the board it's it's you're the only one that people are talking about it's not as if you've got a team behind you um so to speak so for me the early days well for me doing my job i i will always do 100% no matter who i'm dealing with but the people that i dealt with at the very beginning of my business knew that I was fairly new to running my business. So they put their trust in me, which was absolutely amazing. But because I did such a great job for them, it's the word of mouth. You know, where I live, it's quite a small town. So word of mouth spreads quite quickly. Social media, whether you love it or you hate it, has been an absolute mind-blowing for my business on recommendations, so obviously local Redditch recommendations. Um, your name suddenly gets out there. The last one was put out there. I was absolutely blown away by my name, seeing my name everywhere. And that generated quite a few calls to know that there's, you know, loads of high street agents all on the high street with our big offices. But my name was like, bang, bang, bang. I was just like, wow, this is so overwhelming. And I think that's purely just because I, I do do what's on the tin like um, if I say I'm going to do something I do it somebody calls me I'll call them back like I, I think the you know the estate agency world is quite busy and you know people get frustrated with the lack of communication and the little things that people want so as a personal agent those little things are really important to me and I think that's what's just give me the good reputation that I've got today which hopefully will just carry on I think there's something like remarkably grounding about what you just said, because I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this myself, like when I'm looking at a new challenge or whatever, it can be just human nature sometimes to look for the shortcuts and to try and dig out the silver bullets and whatnot. And often there's not really one key answer as to, you know, here's this golden nugget of information that's going to completely change your entire world overnight. Doing the basics really well is yeah. the best way to stand out. And it sounds very, 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 like vanilla, very mundane, very nondescript. But the amount of times I know that I've personally had in my business, Ben, thank you so much for showing up on time. Thanks for returning that call. Thanks for chasing the feedback. Thanks for dealing with my offer so quick. People are blown away that yeah. you've effectively done your job. And I yeah. think like, I think standards are slowly getting better in the industry. And hopefully with what we're doing at EXP, we can go some way towards improving that over the next five or 10 years and beyond. But I think generically speaking, there's still a lot of... Um, plates that are dropped there's still a lot of yeah. you know opportunities that are missed and there's still a lot of basics that aren't done right which leaves a massive gray space like as, as competitive as a state agency is 
you know, there's so much room for people to fill those gaps just by doing the job right, by being yeah. personal, by answer the phone, by returning phone calls, by doing what they said they would do. So it's great to see that you've got to where you have by sort of mastering those basics. You touched on socials there. And I know that social media is, is a strength of yours. I see you all the time on one platform or another. You're incredibly consistent. And we speak about social media here quite flippantly. Like, you know, you and I have incorporated that as part of our business and part of our strategy. And we almost take it for granted that, oh, why is everyone not on Facebook? Why are you not doing this? We've got recommendations on that. But there are a lot of people that get frozen with social media. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. So looking back over the last sort of year or two in your business, what is it that's worked well for you? Are there any sort of key takeaways or lessons that you've learned from building the Victoria Fitzpatrick brand, if you like, through social media? Like, Where have you seen those successes? And, and, and what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to either start or level up their social media game? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me was overcoming the fear of getting your face out on social media. It's like I said, I'm quite a... Uh, kind of a just very light in my comfort zone. So putting myself and putting myself in front of a camera and doing videos and and bigging myself up effectively on social media, come to use me, was uncomfortable at the start. But I did, you know, I, I I reached out to some photographers that I'd previously used in my industry. So I felt comfortable with the people that I knew. And you know, I think the very beginning I did an introductory video, so people kind of knew me, knew what I was doing. This is me. And it, it, it was an awful experience. Absolutely hated every minute of it. But from that, I realized it started generating me interest, business, followers. Um, and I realized I had to keep it going. So I decided, you know, some agents do the videos, the walk rounds, you know, get on camera. And, and that's what I decided to do. So that with every property kind of last year, that was it. I was in front of the camera doing my videos, doing my walk around, and people love it. I mean, you know, you can look at a, a fixed photo on right move, but there's nothing nicer than watching a walkthrough video. Um, so I that was a, that was one of the things that I, I promised myself that I would do for my business. And, and obviously there's a financial outlay on that, but in turn, it's it's I'm reaping the rewards now for putting effort in at the beginning. Um, and then on social media, just it's the little things documenting your day, isn't it? Like you're told it's not always have to be about estate agency. People in this world, in this personal estate agency, they like to see you as you, you as you as your the wife, you as the mom walking the dog. So they like to have a snippet of your personal life as well. Um, and I think that's important to incorporate and which I have done on all my social platforms. So I think people, when they call me to go and value their house, they feel like they already know me before I've walked through their door and they're already comfortable with me, which is, I think, half the battle when you're trying to get somebody's trust. So it, it's definitely it's definitely helped my business. So when you say kind of give you access into the person, and I agree completely, by the way, with absolutely everything that you just said, what sort of content would you share over a typical day? And maybe even in those early stages when you didn't have a load of sales and you didn't have hundreds of properties or anything like that, like where would you start? Like what sort of content would you put out there? And also you've said a couple of times, I'm somebody who likes to stay in the comfort zone yet 
time after time you've come out of it. You know, I'm sure it was uncomfortable when Channel 4 reached out at your previous business. I'm sure it was uncomfortable coming out of a familiar industry to start from scratch on day one in property. I'm sure it was uncomfortable to start a business. I'm sure it was uncomfortable to tell your friends and family. I'm sure it was uncomfortable to get on camera and start speaking. Even coming onto this podcast today, you texted me <laughs> 10 minutes before we started recording saying, I'm super scared about jumping on and talking to you. That was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. you're here now and you're doing yeah. it. So, you know, you might like your comfort zone. We all like our comfort zone, but you're showing a consistent ability to step out of it for the greater good of your goals. You put in your ambitions above your fears, which is amazing to see. And was that the same case when it came to your content strategy? Or did you overthink it? And did you think, I can't say this, I can't say that, that's unprofessional, my hair's a bit messy today. <laughs> and did you procrastinate? I'm interested to know how how easy or how difficult it was for you to take to what was obviously a new challenge in your life and that you've never yeah. built a personal brand before. Yeah, it, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think the first day that I decided, right, I'm going to get on camera and do the filming myself. And I set up at my little dining table and make sure the background looked interesting and nice. And I sat there probably Ben for about four hours recording, stopping, deleting. I don't like that. I, I need to smile more. I need to stop saying, Ugh. like it was just completely over overthinking everything. And I sat there and I wasted a whole day doing what was probably a two minute little video. And I look back now and I was, I'm just like, what was I doing? Um, in comparison to yesterday, I had the most manic day and I jumped back in the car. I'd, I was in my scruffs because I was doing my boards and I was doing little photos and, and descriptions. And I thought, I'm just going to quickly jump on because I haven't really jumped on and done much. So I was in the car with the phone. My hair was a mess. I'd been doing my boards, but I was just giving a bit of a rundown of my day. And then I, I thought in comparison to last year, well, 2021, when I did this two minute video that took me four hours and I've just like just fired off a little video, which it got loads of comments and likes yesterday because it was so natural and just relevant. Um, so as much as it, it was horrible at the beginning, I'm kind of over it now. And because it's it, it, it helps, it helps my business. Anything that's going to help, I think you kind of just get over the wall and you just you just do it. Then you don't you don't really think about it because the comments and the likes and the the shares that you get, it's phenomenal. You know, people people don't care if you've got a hoodie on or your hair's scraped up. Like they're not bothered. It's um, if you're doing a good job and you're doing your business well, that's all that matters. Hundred percent. And it's funny how like most people go through that same education, I guess that that same yeah. sort of process. And I I, I'm just, I remember at one stage when I was doing videos, even just in my bedroom on my phone or whatever, like nothing fancy. You know, I'd listen back, and if it was that I said then instead of van. Yeah. Or there was a, a pause that was maybe a couple of seconds longer than what I would have liked it to have been between sort of moving between points. I just re-record the whole thing. It's like <laughs> nobody on the outside world would see yeah. that. And be yeah. like, I'm not using him. He said then instead of that. <laughs> did you see did you see that awkward pause when he was thinking about what to say next? Like nobody, nobody but ourselves um, notices yeah. that. There's a saying it's that in, if you're in your head, you're dead. So when you start to overthink things, Absolutely. that's where you start to get problems. But um, done is is most definitely better than perfect. And also so like, you know, when you start taking action, it doesn't necessarily breed instant results, but action breeds momentum and momentum goes hand in hand with consistency. And the more consistent you are, the more benefits you start to reap back from the strategy. Um, in terms of your sort of business evolution, I guess, over the course of the last couple of years, um, I don't want to put you on the spot and you don't need to go into exact details, but can you give me some benchmark of comparison versus what you was earning when you was in the employed world and 
where you was in your life versus how life has changed and how income has changed over the course of what is, to be honest with you, a relatively short period of time as we sit here today recording this conversation. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, there's, it, it's a no-brainer that it was the right decision now looking back at what I've achieved and where where I am. So obviously coming from the corporate world, you're on a mediocre basic salary and then you generate your commission. But my issue in that world was my commission was reliant on everybody else in the team pulling together just like I was. And sadly, not everyone has the same work ethic so there was there was months sometimes when I knew things should have exchanged and that should have been in my pay packet that month and and it wasn't and there was nothing I could do about it and you know as as long as I was doing my job that was okay but when it came to the commission sometimes at the end of the month it was like I've worked my socks off of that and it's just I could go and probably stack sh- shelves in a shop and, and earn more money and that's the reality of it don't get me wrong there's months where you have cracking exchanges and completions and it's like cool but. It, it wasn't it was very up and down and obviously yeah it was it was tough sometimes and obviously taking that risk to go alone it was a financial worry um and it took a while for money to start coming in and you pay quite a bit out at the beginning but when I look back now I've got I've got money in the bank I've got freedom I'm my own boss I can walk the dog in the afternoon when I choose to so Financially, I'm far better off. I've I've got a fallback. I've got a, a, a cushion in the bank, whereas before I didn't. You know, sometimes it was like the overdrafts getting bashed a bit. Um, so life life has changed for the better in so many so many ways. Not not just financially, but obviously that's just such a massive massive comfort um, when you take such a risk to to go alone. Um, so money wise and lifestyle wise, just it was the best decision I've ever made. Remind me asking, um those first, because you know, we all know it's no secret we're in a pipeline business and yeah. things are unpredictable and you know, there's always gonna be not that you can't supplement your income by charging upfront fees or, or whatever else, but generally speaking, before you start banking sensible money that you can live off a period of yeah. time, maybe three to six months is gonna pass. You came out of a job that wasn't amazingly well paid um, before coming in. And I think, you know, you mentioned at the start of the podcast, you were a single parent and you've got other little mouths to feed and people to prioritise. How did you bankroll that first period of time? Did you get a side hustle? Was you working? Did you take out a loan? Did you remortgage? Was it um, bank of mum and dad, beg, stealing, borrowing? Like, how did it work? Like, how, yeah. how did you? So uh, fortunate for me, I wouldn't have been able to do it with the, without the help of family and friends. So, um I, I had money gifted to me, so to speak, to support me for the months that I knew money wasn't going to be coming in, else it, it wouldn't have been something that I could even entertain. That that really was, until that was put to me as an option, that was the only thing really thinking, how on earth am I going to do it? So I was very fortunate that I, I had some family support there that said, look, here's some money and and, and you, this is going to support you whilst you do what you need to do. And, and obviously not everybody has that option. And, and that's the hardest bit. It's, I feel it, I, I, this, this model is so good. I bet there's so many more people that would love to do it, but would have that kind of hold back. Like not everybody's in that position. Um, so for me, fortunately, I had family support that gave me financial standing to do what I wanted to do and get to a point now where I can go solo. 
I was talking, I did a video recently about times when I almost quit because I had a very similar experience in that yeah. that startup phase was never going to be comfortable. I didn't have a load of savings. I'm not from yeah. a wealthy family. Like there's nobody that that, that, that could have supplemented me the money. And um, I was basically side hustling, delivering pizzas. I was doing some consultancy work for an investment firm. You know, I'd launched just before Christmas, like didn't buy the kids a single toy that year. Like Becky paid for pretty much everything. All those things are really, really shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I guess that however you do it, whether you, you know, you rob Peter to pay Paul, you've got friends to give you a bit of financial support or you go out and you take a job. I guess if as long as you can sort of battle your demons and persevere and come through that uncomfortable six month window, you know, it's all to gain on on the other side, I guess. And it's Absolutely. good to see that you've come through it. Thank you. Um, you, you mentioned, um, and we've kind of touched on a couple of times about the fact that you've got a little one. Yeah. Um, well, he's not so little anymore. <laughs> How old now? Like 11, 12? He's 15. 15. 15. So what, what was it? What was his thoughts that when mum said when mum said, Oh, I'm leaving my job and setting up a business? Like, what was the impression from from your little boy? Was he like behind it? Yeah, let's do it. Is he indifferent? Like what what what's what what's that like? He's uh yeah, he's um he's like a little entrepreneur himself, actually, always has been. He's like a buyer and seller of all sorts. So when I said I was doing this, he was like, "Wow, okay, this is going to be amazing. And, you know, like I said, he got involved at the beginning, like helping me generate the leaflets and distributing. And with his height now, who's six, six, two, he's, he's, he helps with the boards when I can't reach them. <laughs> um, so he, he plays quite a big part actually. Um, but yeah, he was, he was all for it. He was very excited. He could see I was excited. Um, so he's yeah he's been he's been brilliant and he's he's got that ethos I you know for people that know me he all he wants to do is play rugby that's what he's done from age four but he's had that dream and that drive and every milestone that he needed to get to to get where he needs to be he's done it and in a way I've never met somebody that's got that passion and drive and I think really he's taught me a lot like. I was the comfortable one. I'll just sit here, but he always pushed himself outside his comfort zone and he, he achieves what he sets out to do. And I thought, blimey, if a little boy can do that, why can't I push myself? And so actually I hadn't actually thought about it until you've asked me, Ben, but I suppose he's been a big influence in me doing this. And I'm sure you've been a big influence on him as well. Cause as he was <laughs> explaining his, his, his character traits and that ability to keep pushing himself forward and come out of his comfort zone. I thought, I can't think for a second where he might've got that from Victoria. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm starting to connect the dots a little bit. Um, and with your business, you know, you, you sort of was quite open there in terms of saying that through the startup phase, you wasn't really a big planner. You had no grand idea of numbers or I'm going to earn this amount of money by this deadline. It was just kind of a case of I'm going to focus on doing the right thing. I'm going to hope for the best and fingers crossed I can come out the other side and afford to feed myself. You said that now you've kind of come to the point where you're a couple of years down the line. You've actually got a business. You know, you've not got a dream of running a business. You actually yeah. have a business now. You've got actual people and clients that are paying you to do a job. So a completely different point in your journey that you're at now versus two years ago. You're a different person. You've probably got more confidence. You've probably had a lot of experience that you didn't, or you wasn't exposed to prior. So you sit here today as a businesswoman, not as mm -hmm. somebody who quite likes the idea of being a businesswoman. And you said that with that, you've got a different sort of lens now where you're starting to view your business as a business. So yeah. what does the future look like? Like, what are the plans? You've come so far in a fairly short space of time. 
what does the next step look like? Is it a case of, are you pushing towards a certain income bracket? Are you perfectly happy exactly where you are and you just want to maintain this for the rest of your life? Like what, what does that look like? When you look into the future, not to make it make that the most stereotypical interview question ever, but just <laughs> yourself five years from now. But generally, where do you see yourself five years from now? Where's, where's that going? It's a hard one, really, because I, I tend not to look too much into the future. I'm kind of a bit of a, a here and now girl, but Obviously, like you said, we it, it is a business that's flourishing now. So there's there's ha- there has to be some aims and some targets. And for me, last year was phenomenal. So year two, I just I just want a better year one. It, it's very simple with me. I don't really have big numbers or life changes that I want to make. Um, the changes that I've already have implemented in my life from year one has been uh, organically and 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 lovely. So. I hope it just continues to flourish. There's no big wage packet that I want to kind of aim for or I don't want to buy a five-bedroom house. Um, For me, life's just about enjoying the little moments. So having a a substantial business that's kind of ticking over very comfortably for me is is actually, I've I've done it. I'm I'm doing it. you know, we all want the nice holidays and the, the comfortable things, but th- those things have now come because I'm in a position where, you know, I am earning better money um, and I, I can kind of do what I want when I want. So for me, it's just about continuing to do what I do and hopefully naturally that will just imp- keep improving just on the little things. I've, I've got no big aspirations and, you know, it's, I'm just, yeah, like I say, I'm just quite happy that my business is doing so well and that I'm in a more comfortable position now so that hopefully that can only get better. And, and that's the key there. It's that you're happy. Like, I, I put a post up recently Um sounds very like, I don't know, maybe a bit cheesy, a bit corny, a bit Tokyo to say, and you know, we've got a predominant British audience and it sounds like <laughs> quite an American thing to come out with. So, you know, please people sit down before I say this, but I, um, took my little girl out earlier this week so we went out collecting leaves like in we've got like a little wild garden it's got a lot of fruit trees and stuff like that like just around the corner from where i live so we was walking and through this and we sort of sat down and was having a chat and started picking up these leaves and she was like oh these are wish leaves like if you make a wish and close your eyes and then let it go into the wind like your wish will come true and then i was like oh well let's let's take some home and we'll make a, a wish tree at home so we drew like this big tree and she started sticking these like magic wish leaves onto this tree and um she's gone oh like hold on to one of the leaves and, and make a wish and just in that moment when she said it I closed my eyes just to kind of play along with the game or whatever and I thought to myself like right make a wish and the only thing that I could wish for is that nothing ever changes like yeah. wow, I just yeah. want it to stay exactly as it is now that's I brilliant love the people that, that I'm working with I love the agents at EXP I love the money that I'm making I love my little girl at the age that she's at now like, yeah. I love everything about my yeah. life and when you can start to think actually not to sound like I've not got ambition because I have and there's certain things that yeah. I want to achieve and that are what I do but fundamentally yeah, just sort of you sort of realize, don't you, that if I go and spend two hundred grand on a car, like it's great for a couple of weeks, but then it's just a car. If I yeah. go and buy a bigger house, it's amazing when I first move into it, <laughs> and when I've got the family around and you're entertaining and you're making, you know, stir fries and whatever at your new island. But then after a couple of weeks, it's just a house. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you start yeah. to learn that what what really matters in life. And yeah. I think the, the the biggest the biggest benefit from doing something like what we do, I think it's like. The headspace, it's the lifestyle, it's the time, 
It's your freedom to think, to be creative, to explore your passions, to watch your little boys' rugby games or to go collecting yeah. leaves with your little girl. Like yeah. These are the things, these are the, the real wins that you get Absolutely. from business. Yeah. Um, I think too many people get preoccupied by, I want to make half a million pounds, I want to make a hundred yeah. grand, I want to do this, I want to do that, that they forget to enjoy the moment because they're so focused on the next destination. So I think your answer was lovely there in that you are enjoying the moment, you're grateful for where you're at. And you're not too distracted by what might come. So I think that's like quite profound in itself, mate. So very well. Yeah, said. I think um I think I think for me, I you know, when we sit back and we look at other EXP agents that have grown and grown and grown, it's brilliant. And I love to see that. For me, I want to remain that personal independent agent. So I don't want to kind of get too big that I can't continue to do exactly what I do for all of my sellers. So I, I think, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm really grateful and happy where we are and I, I'm just loving everything. And it's that word freedom that that there's money can't buy that. So to, just to be able to, you know, do those little things when you, you know, you're not governed by a nine to five corporate office is it's um it's priceless. Yeah, and it, it, it's mad, isn't it? Like, I think there's something quite ironic. And I'm sure you went through this, and I know that 99.9% of people do, and, and and I myself had this vantage point at one point in time. But your view, like, you know, turning up at the end of the month to collect your paycheck, and I've got 3% commission on that, and I've done this many lets, like, you view that as um, that it's sort of safety, I'm comfortable, I'm secure. Yeah. But actually, you you're so much more secure when you take ownership of your own yeah, life. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. crazy in it how we, we, we view putting our life and our earnings and our potential and our progress and our futures, we view putting that in the, in the hands of somebody else as more secure than doing that for ourselves. And that's yeah. been the biggest lesson for me, I think, over the last few years. Like when yeah. you're in control of your own life and your own destiny, that's security because you've got yeah. control over what happens next. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just definitely... Um... It's definitely how I view things now as well. It's like I say, having control, you know, you can work as much or as little as you want, but you know the outcome at the end of the day. So, you know, when when things started kind of rolling in for me month, I don't know, six, seven, you know, the, the money that I was seeing was like, it was only something I could have dreamed of in the corporate world. And I know obviously that was just kind of going back into the bank after spending at the beginning when you didn't have any money coming in, but that kind of, just looking back and thinking, oh, I've done that. It's it's all my money, and I haven't got to share that with an office. It's yeah, it's a bit yeah, surreal yeah. sometimes at the beginning when it starts kind of rolling in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's something that you've never really had our experience before. No. I, I always I, I always remember thinking like like so I came from a minimum wage job or, or very close to before I came in and. I just kind of thought I just want to do a five figure month. Like, I just want to make ten grand. Like, if I make ten grand, that's like that's like more than fifty percent of my entire salary yeah. last year. I just want to make ten grand. And then when it comes, it's like, oh yeah, 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 brilliant. <laughs> but, but, but then going back to what I said before, like after you've done that, it's like, well, you know, I made ten grand, but my mortgage was still only five hundred yeah. quid, and you know, my, my fuel was still only a hundred quid. And <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't, I don't really need Versace trainers because you know my Gola ones work just fine. Do you know what I mean? You just, yeah. you just sort of reframes it, don't you? But you've got to taste those things and have those experiences yeah, to kind yeah. of form your mindset. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But Victoria, it's been absolutely amazing having you on the podcast today, and it's been lovely sort of seeing you grow over the course of the last couple of years. It's genuinely a pleasure to be thank in you. business with you. And, um, mate, thank you so much again for taking the time and for sharing your story and, and many little golden nuggets along the way. So thank you. 
No, I really appreciate it. I've been, looks great catching up with you, Ben. Thanks for inviting me on. I told you it wouldn't be scary. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.